Well, hi there. Welcome to In the Clinic with Camille. My name is Camille Freeman. I am a licensed nutritionist and registered herbalist. And in this podcast, I share little tips and tidbits that might be interesting or helpful for other practitioners. Okay. Hi, everybody. Today, we are welcoming Oren to the podcast to talk to us more about using herb walks and classes as a way to bring people into your private practice. So Oren, could you start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi. Um, so my name is Oren, and I live in territory, Nova Scotia, Canada. And I'm a clinical herbalist. I have a private practice. I work with people, mostly people that have chronic health conditions. And I also do a fair amount of teaching. So I teach a year-long program, kind of a beginner's herbal program that involves, you know, plant ID and foraging and medicine making and all that kind of stuff. And, and I also teach, teach classes and workshops. And I was, I, I've been at this for a while. I've been a part-time, I would say a part-time herbalist for 10 plus years, but just in the last uh, two years, I left my kind of job job, which was working as a director and producer in a, for a video production company to focus on my herbal practice full time. Great. Well, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, the reason that I asked you to come on here is because I know you've been using herb walks and classes and finding that when you have those, people are signing up to come and work with you one-on-one. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about what you've learned over the years from having these herb walks. And let's start there. So for example, how did you decide to start doing them? And how do you get people to sign up to come to your or walks or your classes. Can you talk us through that? And then we'll go into the next part after that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll say like when, before I was really fully immersed in my herbal practice, when I was just doing it part-time, I started to do a few classes here and there really just for practice, just because I wanted to do something. And I noticed, (laughs) excuse me, I noticed right away that like when people came to my classes, uh, one or two people would approach me after and want to work with me. And so, and I heard other herbalists and people say that this is, you know, a thing and it it definitely turned out to be a thing. And I I didn't even, I felt like quite inexperienced at that time and that I wasn't even giving that great a class, but still it, it was doing that. So then I guess when I, when I started focusing on it full time, I just kind of ramped that up and started doing more classes. And, and also I took the grow program with you, Camille, and you helped me put a structure around that, you know, to try to do like a class a month because I guess what I realized is that like for every 20 people or so that came to my class, one or two would, would want to work with me. And there would be other things that would happen to like interesting synergies. Like I would meet another practitioner, an allied practitioner who would want to, you know, give me referrals and things like that. So, and then also sometimes people would just join, like when I, the way that I run my classes, people that come to my classes, join my newsletter. I'm very upfront about that. And, uh, 99% of the people are very happy about that. They want to be on my newsletter. And so some people will just come and then they might, you know, then it becomes that thing where down the road, they might decide to work with me. They're just kind of in my, now in my, in my group and they know about me and we're in touch more often. So Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. And so are you charging for these classes and herb walks? Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'll talk about the herb walks and the classes separately because it's a little Mm -hmm. bit different how I approach the two. So well, let's talk about herb walks first. So herb walks, I've always charged. Yep, always charging for herb walks. And I partner, this is one of the things about how, you know, just about how I uh, fill the walks. Sometimes I, I'll promote them myself, just using Facebook and using my newsletter. 
And sometimes I'll partner with other organizations. So an organization that I've partnered with quite a bit is my the local municipality here, the municipality of Chester, where I live. And they have a recreation guide and, and host programming. And this guide goes out in the mail to every single person in my area. So they have their own distribution and sign up and all that. And it's really good for me because I don't have to do anything. They take uh, a small percentage and of what I charge and it, it's always full. So, and, and there's often a waiting list. So that's, that's been really great for the walks. Also for the, something I've realized is that people really like herb walks. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just put that out there for any other mm-hmm. practitioners that are considering it. People really like herb walks. And I think it's because it crosses, you know, a lot of different interests. You know, people are maybe interested in health. They might be interested in medicine. They might just be interested in hiking. And this is just a fun way to go on a, a walk outdoors. You know, it's the pandemic. Spending time outdoors is considered pretty safe and people really need it. So so I found that the, my herb walks have all been full. And the ones that I've promoted myself, same thing. One, I did one and I had to do it like open up a second one because it was because I capped it at 20 people because I that maybe that's something also to mention in terms of sizes for herb walks is that I found that like 20 people is like a good maximum not only for like pandemic safety stuff but also just for like engagement and being able to like develop a good relationship with the group and not just feel like it's too overwhelming that's been mm-hmm. my personal like 10 to 20 seems like a good a good size group mm-hmm Great. And are I'm assuming you're mainly doing the herb walks in the warmer months of the year. Actually, I'm doing one this weekend on Sunday. Are you? Oh, <laughs> yes. exciting. Okay. So what do you look at? I'm assuming there's not a ton of well, herbs yeah, I mean, it's, out it's, right now. It's, and it's ice and snow here. Like, you know, it's cold winter here where I live. So no, there's not. But you know what? There's trees and there's lichens and there's mm-hmm. mushrooms. And so there's enough, there's the snow isn't that deep that there's like things like wintergreen and there's, there's herbs that are there that you can still see. Like in, in this climate, there's still green underneath the snow that you can kind of dig and find. So it's kind of fun for people. I think people find it quite exciting to just see all the life that's happening in the wintertime. And something else I'll mention in my herb walks, the thing we do at the end of the herb walk, which I found has been really nice uh, that people really like and also helps to like create a good opportunity for conversation among the group is we'll make a tea at the end of the herb walk, like a wild tea. So, uh, so that's really fun too. And that's something we can totally do in the winter time with conifers and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so the, that, that's, that's a real draw for people. I think something I didn't realize that people, how much they dig that aspect of the wild tea. In fact, I gave one herb walk, I do them rain or shine. And I gave one it, it, and it was raining and people were getting wet, but they stuck around to drink that tea. Like that you could tell that they were getting uncomfortable, but they were not leaving <laughs> until they could drop the wild tea. Oh, I love it. And do you bring a kettle? Do you have a fire? How do you get the water for the tea? Yeah, like I'm I'm like into backpacking and stuff. So I have like a bunch of gear. So I have like a gas stove and I just pack in the water. So like I just have it all with me, like in a giant backpack and I just kind of stash it somewhere or or I'll leave it in the car if it's the place where we're going to go back and there's like some picnic benches or something, depending on where I'm where I'm hosting it. So mm-hmm. it, there is a, it is a little bit of a thing, like in terms of setup, like it's, it's a pain, but it's worth it. I feel like it's worth it. Yeah. yeah it sounds like it's a highlight yeah. for the participants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you're doing your herb walks, you're charging, you find that somewhere between 10 yeah. and 20 is a good range. Now talk to I, us about, oh, go ahead. One more thing. I'll just mention, I don't charge a lot where I, what I don't think is a lot, you know, I'll charge $20 or less for a herb walk. I think I probably could charge more. 
but I like it being accessible and I, I just want it to be really easy for people to come. Like the purpose of the herb walk for me is not really to make money. It's more to meet people. Yeah. I'll just yeah. Got it. Okay. So talk to us about the classes. Cause that sounds like a slightly different setup. Right. So, so classes, you know, I've been on zoom. Mm-hmm. I hope to do some more in-person classes in the future. And those I've mostly hosted myself. I've tried partnering with other organizations for those too, but it hasn't, it doesn't always work out as well. I found. So I think maybe just, I need to work on how I do that. But like I've part, like the one times when I've partnered with other organizations, sometimes nobody's showed up. Like I did, I did one in-person one actually a little while back at the library and, and one person came. So, and I just felt like I didn't, like, it was up to them to promote it. And so it's just, I really leave it in their hands. So it depends on how good or poor a job they do of promoting it. But so there was another one I did the library that was great. So it really, it's like just touch and go, depending on like what their promotion is like, but it was still good practice. Like I've just gotten used to this idea that they're not always going to be full. And, and sometimes I've had really good talks with just a couple of people. So it's still yeah. still very much worth it for me. So anyways, the ones back to the, the the ones that I do myself, I've promoted mostly through my newsletter and Facebook. I've been trying to be very consistent with my newsletter over the last six months or so. So, and, and you know, every time I do one of these classes, I, you know, more people are added to it. So I've just been doing it that way. And it seems to be working all right. I have a class coming up in February on uh, herbs for winter mental health. And that one, I'm trying this new thing that I learned from you, Camille, which is to to say to people, instead of charging for this class, could you please, you know, would you share it, share it with a friend or post it on social media? And that seems to have worked really well. Like I just posted that only through my newsletter and a lot of people have signed up. So I think that's working quite well. So I don't know if there's a lot more to say about the classes, except that I was terrified that nobody was going to come. To them at all. I'll just mention that for other people that are new to this. And I've learned that that's like a super common fear and just kind of did it anyway. And mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you're, when you're coming up with your topics for your classes, how are you choosing what to speak about? Okay. So there was one class that I've done a few times, which was, I called it Healing Chronic Health Issues with Herbal Medicine, was the title of the class. And I chose that topic because uh, I work people with chronic health issues. And I wanted to be some a class where people could come and learn about like what's the herbal approach for working with people with chronic health issues. Maybe learn some things, hopefully learn some things that they can apply right away, but also learn sort of all of what's involved. And, you know, so they can understand like what a practitioner has to offer and, and why that might be a, a useful idea. So in that class, you know, I, I talked about, you know, we... I mean, maybe I won't go too much into like the nuts and bolts of the class, but I do like, I do share examples from my clinical practice. And I talk about, you know, things that people might be wondering about, like, what if you're on medications and things like that, and all these kind of areas where working with a practitioner is really beneficial. And so, so that's why I kind of chose that topic for that so that people could, could understand part of it is so people to understand why uh, working with a practitioner would be a good idea. And now I'm just kind of experimenting with different topics because I feel like that I've done that class a few times and in my community anyway like I just feel like 
I can't do it so many times. Like I can probably do it twice a year and then I have to sort of do other things. So this winter one, I just thought well, this is, you know, seems appropriate for the time for this particular time with the pandemic and how people are feeling and also just winter in general. So I thought it's seasonal. It's probably a good idea. I'll probably do other classes and areas of focus for me. Like I might do a class on like heartburn and GERD is an area that a focus for me and digestive issues. So I might do uh, a class on that. So it's really an experiment, but, but, you know, focusing on things where I feel like I have some expertise and some experience and have something to offer is kind of how I've, how I've approached it. Got it. Okay. So the last thing I want to hear more about is how are you actually, let me rephrase that question. Do you have any tips for how to get people who are at your classes or your herb walks to then come in and work with you privately? Are you doing anything in particular? Have you found things that work or don't work in terms of helping people make that um, transition from coming to a group program to a one-on-one work? Yeah. So I, yes, I, I think I do. And maybe I'll just use the herb walk example first, because you know, people come to Herbox for a, not a lot of different reasons, which is great. Some people are just interested, like I mentioned earlier, to go on a hike and see some plants. And I, for, for whatever reason, like when I first started doing Herbox, I kind of shied away from talking about my clinical practice too much because I thought, well, that's not really what people are here for. They want to learn how, I, how to identify stuff and, you know, learn about the wild. But then I started, I think this is, again, also some advice that you gave me, Camille, was to give more examples from my from my practice when I'm talking about the plants, because that helps people to connect up what we're doing outside to, you know, maybe a health issue that they might have that they might need help with. Cause people don't always make that connection directly in their mind. So like what I started doing on my herb walks is if I'm talking about, I start to give an example of like how I might, might've used that plant with a client recently in my practice. And also just talk a little bit more about how this plant would be used as part of a broader program and it's not just that this plant you know is good for blah blah and that's all there is to it there's all these other considerations and when I get into the case study of my client I can kind of go into that a little bit more and then so I think that helps people um, that might not know me to see me in a different light and to see sort of the breadth of what herbal medicine is all about like yes it's about just having fun and picking wild things and foraging but it's also about working with you know complicated chronic health issues and it's the whole gamut it's the whole spectrum and, and I think that actually helped. And I noticed when I do that more, that more people are coming to me after and saying, oh, I think maybe I should work with you or I know so-and-so that, that needs to see you or something like that. So I do find that that's helped quite a bit. In my, and when I do my classes, I always at the beginning of the class say, you know, when we're done, I'm going to let you know before we do questions, I'm going to let you know, you know, if you're interested in working with me or want to go deeper, how you can do that. And then when I finish the talk, I found the best time to do it is like before we do questions. So I do my talk and then I say it's really very short because I'm like pretty shy about really promoting myself or asking people to work with me. So I, I make it, it's pretty, very low key, which is fine. That seems to work fine. I, at the end of my talk, I'll just say like really brief, just let them know how they can work with me, that I do one-on-one work, that I teach these classes and they can get in touch if they're interested. And then we go on to questions. So it's not like the last thing. It's just kind of a little break. And then we do questions after. And then I guess the other thing I'll say, just to add to that, is anybody that that comes up to me after like a walk or or a class and expresses any interest in working with me, so it's there's different levels. Some people are like, I need to book in to see you right away. Some people are like, oh yeah, maybe I should work with you. I've got this thing going on. You know, can you help with that? And so with those people, I always follow up uh, via email and uh, 
and just let them know, point them to my website, to my consultations page and let them know how they can, you know, if they're interested, how they can work, work more with me. And with everybody that's in my classes, I usually send some kind of a follow-up that's just more uh, general, like, oh, here are some, you know, if it was an herb walk, I might send something with, here's, here's some of the herbs we talked about without saying anything about, you know, you can come work with me. It's just, just to keep the connection going and to offer them something. So I'll only really follow up directly with people if they express some interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, but I will do that. I do find that helps like to, to do that follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're weaving in some discussions of how you would use the herbs clinically or you're mentioning that you do one-on-one work throughout the walk and then you do a small little plug before questions and then you'll individually follow up with anybody who expressed interest during the herb walk. Is there anything specific about classes that's different or is it more or less the same type of flow? Yeah, that's, it's, it's more, it's more or less the same type of flow in classes. I have to say that I find that when you meet people in person, it does establish a stronger connection. You, not that you can't do it online, but, but for anyone that can do in-person stuff, it, I just find it's, it's, there's more, like more people will, will approach me after when I, when I meet with them in person. So I do find it's a little more challenging, I guess I'll say online, but it's pretty much the same flow. And yeah, I don't think it's too different. I'll also mention that like I record my classes and send out the recording and I was surprised. Like I didn't think, oh, who's going to watch the recording, but no, people do watch the recording and some people will watch the recording and then they'll email me after. So, so that's neat. And then you have the recording. I haven't really done much with my recordings, but I feel like I could, like there's some potential there to to do something with those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have a little (laughs) library of, of recorded classes going on. I love it. Okay, great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with people who are thinking about using classes or or walks to build up their practice? Well, I'll just say for me, it's just, for me personally, it's the way to go. Like I, I don't really like, uh, I don't really like sitting in front of my computer and doing social media stuff. I do a little bit of it. I don't count doing Zoom classes sitting in front of my computer as, as, although I know it is, but it's like more interactive. Like I really like interacting with people. And so I just find that's just a really great way to do that. I, I feel like fortunate that I have like a bit of a public speaking background. I did a bunch of theater. So speaking groups is not like so terrifying for me. Although I will say that kind of doing it as an herbalist, I found much scarier than other kinds of performance. Cause this is, I don't know, it just felt much closer to my heart. So it just felt, felt much more vulnerable. Even though I had some public speaking experience, I felt much more vulnerable teaching classes. So anyway, all that to say, you know, once I got over that, I just feel like it, it feels very fulfilling just doing the, the class itself and just being able to sh- share, you know, what herbal medicine has to offer with people. And people regularly tell me that they're getting a lot out of it, whether they come to work with me or not. And that just feels really good that I'm able to do that in the world. And that it also helps me as well, helps me build my practice. So those are the kinds of things I want to do that, that, you know, feel nourishing to me and are also helping to build my practice. So that's why, yeah. yeah. So I just feel like classes for me anyway, are the, are the thing. Maybe it's not for everybody, but I found that they've, they've been a great fit for me. Oh, I love it. Sounds like a perfect situation. All right. Well, thank you so much, Oren, for coming in and sharing a little bit about this for the benefit of other people who might be interested in using this as a strategy. Do you want to tell us anything about how to stay in touch with you? Or I know you mentioned you've got a class coming up in February. Any any ways for people to stay in touch if they want to learn more about that? 
Yeah, I think the best way is to go to my website, which is uh, my name, Orn Hertz. I'll just spell it. It's O-R-E-N-H-E-R-C, like cat, Z, dot C-A. So ornherts.com, you could probably just uh, Google clinical herbalist in Nova Scotia. You might find me that way too. And all the information is on there. There's a, there's a page for classes and you can sign up for my if you're in my February class on there and you can see all my other offerings, my one-on-one work and uh, my, my year-long program. It's all on there. That's probably the best way. I'm also on Facebook, but like I mentioned, I'm not huge into social media. So I do use it, but not that much. Website's probably the best way right now. Yeah. And people can join your newsletter from your website if they'd like to, right? Yeah. On the homepage, bottom of the homepage, it's right there. Sign up for my newsletter. Would love to have you. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Oren. And really appreciate you coming to share this information with us. Great. Well, thanks for having me, Camille. Appreciate it.